Okay, as I mentioned, I need uh, at least two, maybe as many as five helpers. Um, I got one. Go ahead and come on up. I got to give you some instructions. That's only one. I said at least two. There's two. Anybody else? There's three. Anybody else? Oh, sure, he says. You want to get more steps in because yesterday wasn't enough. Check once the exercise. All right, anybody else? Okay, can you just put me on mute for a second? I got to give them some instructions real quick. Excellent, thank you. Uh, it's always a little bit of a danger asking them to mute me because there's no guarantee that they'll actually... Uh, anyways, um, so uh, all I've done is ask these, uh, these kind folks to uh, simply walk back and forth. You can't see it on the, on the live stream, but they're just uh, walking back and forth um, whatever pace they want, however they want to, uh, like little lemmings on the sides of the room. And uh, what they're doing is they're just simply demonstrating a huge, huge theme in the book of Ephesians. Um, the huge, huge theme is this theme of walking. Uh, it occurs twice in that opening section, chapters 1, 2, and 3. And then it occurs over and over and over again uh, in the later chapters, uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Uh, today, we're going to get to Ephesians 4, verse 1 eventually, but... Um, the main thing here, right, is that Paul says, I urge you to walk, but that's not the first occurrence of the word walk or walking in the book of Ephesians. The first occurrence is actually in chapter 2. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says this, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. That's the first reference to walking in the book of Ephesians. Would you say that that overall is a positive or negative reference to walking? You think that's positive, that they're walking dead in sins and, trans and trespasses? I got him. I tricked him. He, now he's awake, and uh, the coffee is kicking in slowly but surely, and it's going to be good to go. Um, so, so look at this. We kind of quickly moved over this idea of walking when we were looking at chapter 2 before. Uh, but these folks today, they are walking dead in trespasses. They are walking dead in sin. They are walking in a path that is not pleasing to God. They are walking in a, on a path um, and in a way that, that is not good for them. Uh, we would say that they're walking on a path that's not good for relationships, relationship with God or relationship with other people. Um, as people walk in sin and they walk in trespasses, there are certain behaviors that kind of characterize them. And this will make more sense later. We'll talk about it when we get to chapter 4. But the people out there on the fringes, they walk with pride, they walk with harshness, and they walk with quickness. These things, uh, these behaviors, they all cause friction in our relationship with other people. Um, you could put yourself out there on the fringes. This is your reality before Christ. If you remember back in chapter 2, we were talking about the before and the after Christ. And this is the reality of our lives before Christ. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. The second reference to walking in the book of Ephesians is very, very different. Check this out. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should, what? Walk in them. It's a very different reference. Uh, this is a massively positive uh, reference to walking. Uh, it's a very different path. 
And what we would say here is that uh, we'll, we'll just kind of make this uh, center path here the more positive path. This is the path that people want to be walking on, that we should be walking on. When people are walking in this path, man, they're walking in the good works that God has prepared for them. Um, this is a path that is pleasing to God. It's the path that is good for you. It's the path that's good for the relationships that we have with both God and with other people. So the question is, how in the world did we shift from walking dead in trespasses, walking dead in sins, walking on the fringe, far apart from one another, to all of a sudden walking in the good works that God has prepared for us? The shift uh, happens in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Uh, here's the idea, right? Uh, is, that, is that we don't find this path. <laughs> it's not like we stumble upon it. It's not like we hunt and search and, and finally discover it. No, what happens is we are placed on this path. This path is a gift from God to us. Uh, the text says that God uh, made us alive with Christ. It's like he picked us up and, and, and he carried us over here and, and he put us on this path. I'm not physically strong enough to pick up our walkers and to move them onto this path, uh, but we could pretend and imagine that I am strong enough and that I am God and that I go out to the fringes and I bring people back to the path that I want them to be on. And all of a sudden they are walking a far different path. Uh, can we agree and just imagine that for a second? Yes, we're okay imagining that. And so these folks aren't walking and finding the path on their own. When I ask them to in a second, um, I'm God and I'm bringing them to this path. Yeah, we're all tracking with that? Yes, that's really important that we get that point. All right, good. So walkers, uh, can you come to the middle? And uh, if you still, you're, we're okay? We're okay to keep walking? Just kind of keep walking up and down this path. I told you we're going to get your steps in for the day. If you get tired, like the illustration is working itself, so it's okay. Uh, just let me know. Don't, don't walk too much. All right, so they're going to keep walking. And, uh, and here's what's cool. The rest of chapter 2 right, emphasizes that, uh, that it's not just you that gets picked up and put on this new path, but it's a bunch of other people. Right? It's not just one person that got selected to walk down this path of good works that God has prepared in advance for us. The rest of chapter two is, is celebrating and being amazed at the new relationships that God has given us. Uh, for instance, chapter two, verse 12, it says, you were separated from Christ. You were living on the fringes, right? You were far apart from each other. But now, after Christ, oh, you've been brought near. You, you've, been brought, you've been brought close to God, closer to each other. Uh, chapter two, verse 14, Christ is our peace. Christ has made us both one. He's broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Uh, 2.15, uh, he created in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. See, um, we, we talked about this, right? When, when we were looking at chapter two, we talked about the deep, deep division between Jew and Gentile. Jews were over there on that fringe path, and Gentiles were over there on that fringe path. And, and these two people groups did not hang out with one another. They weren't supposed to hang out with one another. They didn't, they didn't want to hang out with one another. They were very different people groups. They both thought that, the, that they were better than the other. They both thought that that one was stupid. 
and that one was wrong, and that one was foolish. And what Paul is saying over and over again in that first half of the book, especially in chapter 2, is, hey, Jesus died for all of them over there. And Jesus died for all of them over there. And now all of them are right here, walking in the good works that God prepared for them beforehand. Uh, Paul continues uh, later on, uh, chapter 2, 19, he says, uh, You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See, the first two references in chapter 2 are just so full of good news, right? Uh, before Christ, we walk around dead in sin and trespasses, plenty of division, plenty of bad behavior. And after Christ, and because of Christ, and because of the plan of Christ, and because of the power of God, we walk different. We walk alive with Christ in the good works that God has prepared beforehand. And then that good news launches us to our text for today, chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, Paul says, I urge you to what? To walk. I urge you to walk. Uh, think of all the things that you might, are we doing okay? You want to sit? Chuck's done. All right, Chuck, you can sit. Everybody give Chuck a hand. Are you guys okay to keep going? All right. Uh, look, look at this. Think of all the things that you urge people to do. Um, uh, uh, urging means to, to strongly encourage, right? It means that you um, try to persuade somebody. Uh, and think of all the things that you urge people to do. Parents, <laughs> parents have to urge people a lot. Little people, a lot. Um, teachers do a lot of urging. Politicians do a lot of urging. Pastors do a lot of urging, right? We urge a lot of people to do a lot of different things. Now, now think of all the things that you might urge a church to do. We've been urged to have more stories in our preaching. We've been urged to have certain kinds of music. We've been urged to raise money and, and, and try to raise money for certain efforts. We've been urged to have certain programs or do certain programs in certain ways. But, but this is so interesting, right? Paul says, I urge you to what? To walk. It's a little bit different than what we kind of urge people in churches to do today, isn't it? This urging is going to carry an awful lot of weight. This isn't like a window salesman sending you a letter that says, hey, I think I urge you, I encourage you to buy new windows. No, this is like a loving parent. This is like a loving friend that says, hey, I really, I really want to encourage you to do this, this one thing, to, to walk. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk in a way that is worthy and suitable. Walk in a way that reflects the calling to which you have been called. Why do you suppose he says that? It's a little bit of guesswork, um, but uh, I think it's because he knows that we tend to drift. Uh, God puts us on this path, walking in the good works that he's prepared beforehand for us to do. But sometimes we tend to walk on this path just like we walked out there on the fringes. And that's not right, and that's not good, because our walk has changed after Christ. 
Yeah, and then sometimes we get tired of walking on this path and we say, I'm out of here, I'm walking back over there. And then other times, and this is the, the main focus here in, in chapter four, we walk this road like we're walking by ourselves. We pretend like we're the only one on this path. Uh, we maybe don't like the other people on this road. The practices uh, as disciples are a little bit different. Uh, their music, their preaching, their programs aren't hitting me in my heart. So we bail. We leave. And I think all these reasons and more moves Paul to say, hey, I urge you, I strongly encourage you if I could persuade you to do just one thing because of what Christ has done, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk here in the good works that God has prepared for you, not out there in sin, not out there in trespasses and division. This is your new reality. This is where I want you to walk together with other people. Um, I'm gonna uh, have more to say, but I'm also gonna cut our walkers loose and let them uh, have a seat, give them a hand. <laughs> Patty and Fred are like, I could go all day, I'm all good. Yeah, they're, they're ready to just keep on going. Look, unity, if you're not picking up on this, is just a huge, huge emphasis in this section. Unity, oneness, togetherness, uh, it's all uh, just kind of wrapped up in, in three thick layers. Um, uh, uh, and remember, this is an oral culture, right? So what are they going to walk away with? They're going to walk away with this emphasis on unity and togetherness and, and oneness. Uh, first of all, we just have to see this. Paul jumps right into these relational types of words. He says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And then listen to this. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Where do humility, gentleness, patience, and bearing with one another in love happen? In relationship with other people. Those are all relational words, relational types of behaviors. Um, the second kind of thick layer here is he uses the word unity twice. Uh, he uses it in chapter 4, uh, verse 3, and chapter 4, verse 13. He says, be eager, I talked about this with the kids, right? Be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, right? Be eager, hasten, move quickly towards, get excited about maintaining unity. Chapter 4, verse 13, this work, right, the work of the church, uh, it must continue until we are all joined together, united in the same faith and in the same knowledge about the Son of God. So Paul is using this, this unity as like a goal or something to aim at almost, right? So, so they're going to hear this and they're going to say, oh, Paul wants us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called, which means we aim at unity. Chapter 4, verse 13, this, uh, sorry, uh, the, the third kind of layer here is that he usually uses this word one <laughs> so many times. Did anybody else hear that when you, in the reading? Right? Uh, he uses it eight times in four verses. Eight times in four verses. Um, that is a lot, right? He's just layering this on so thick. He's using relational words. He's talking about unity. He's using oneness. And so when these folks walk away, they're going to be remembering and thinking about walking together, walking as one, walking in unity. 
Paul says, hey, I want you to walk here in good works that God has prepared for you. I don't want you to walk out there in your sin and in your trespasses and division. No, no, this is your new reality. I want you to walk here together in the good works that God has prepared for you. And then uh, just to kind of dive into these relational words a little bit more, right? He says, this is how I want you to walk together. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love. Why do you suppose that Paul uses these words? Because if we walk in humility and gentleness and we walk with patience, then guess what? We're going to have this kind of fun, smooth, unhindered walk with one another. And I can't know for sure, but, but he probably tells us and, and uses these words because, because, again, right, we just have this tendency to sort of drift and, and walk here like we used to walk out, out there. Uh, sometimes we end up walking with pride instead of walking with humility. Um, pride is how people on the fringes walk. Pride is essentially uh, counting ourselves and our ideas and our ways as the best. <laughs> and, and, and the ideas and the ways of others are certainly not as good as mine. That's what pride is. Pride is just this huge speed bump to our walking together. And so Paul says, hey, I want you to walk I urge you to walk in humility. Uh, we tend to walk harshly instead of with gentleness. Uh, people on the fringes walk harshly. Uh, they, they don't care about their effect on other people. They don't, they don't care about the effect that their words and their actions have on the heart and mind of people around them. Um, uh, usually they're using their strength for their own good instead of for the good of the community. Uh, harshness is, is a huge speed bump to our walking together. And Paul, so Paul says, I, I urge you to walk with humility and with gentleness. Uh, when we walk, sometimes we tend to walk quickly uh, instead of with patience. Uh, patience, I don't know if you know this, uh, we've talked about it before, but patience essentially just means that you suffer for a long time. Right, so when you have patience with someone or with something, it means that you're just willing to suffer in that moment for a long time. And, and look, people on the fringes, man, they move so quick. And sometimes we adopt that and we, we take on that quickness in our own life and, and we're quick to leave other people. We're quick to strike back. We're quick to get angry. And quickness is a, is a speed bump to our walking together. And so Paul says, I urge you to walk with humility and with gentleness. I urge you to walk with patience. And, and we tend to, we don't mean to probably, but we, we tend to cut people down or cut people off. Instead of bearing with one another, as Paul says, instead of holding each other up, we tend to cut down and cut off. Uh, we, we, we tend to um, uh, you know, cut people off at the legs or bump them off of their course instead of holding them up, instead of bearing with one another. 
Uh, Cutting people down is a huge speed bump to our walking together. And so Paul says, I urge you to walk with humility and with gentleness and with patience and bearing with one another in love. Uh, If you're like me, um, you're probably looking at those four things and you're saying, oh, yeah, I've got two or three of those nailed down. I'm, I'm good. And then you're looking at one of those and you're saying, oh, I'm a speed bump to walking together. And so just remember, remember the progression of walking, that, that we start in life on the fringes, separated from one another, separated from Christ. And, and he comes and he, in his grace and in his love, redeems us. And he makes us alive with Christ and he puts us on this new path. And this new path is walking in the good works that he's prepared for us ahead of time. And with all these, with all these tendencies, all these speed bumps, Paul says, hey, <laughs> I just want to urge you. I want to urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility, with gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love. Walk here in the good works that God has prepared for you in advance. Not out there in sin and trespasses and division. This is your new reality. Walk here together. Amen. Hey, would you give our walkers a hand again? Uh, you can tell me later how many steps you got, okay? Yeah, they weren't counting. Uh, let's, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we, we thank you for, for your great love. Uh, we know the reality that you made a plan before the foundations of the world to, to, to come and walk with us. You didn't leave us on the fringes. You didn't leave us to try to figure out and stumble upon the right path. Yeah. Father, you sent Jesus to walk towards us, to even walk with us, and then to to die and and pay the penalty for our wrong paths. And and you made us alive with him. And so we thank you for picking us up and putting us on this new path, this different path. We thank you for the opportunity to walk with you and to walk with others. But would you please continue to mold and shape the way that we walk so that we can walk in a way that's pleasing to you, so that we can walk together with one another, and so that as we walk, we can be a living, breathing testimony of your great power and your great redemption and your great love to the rest of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.